The sixth commandment is recorded for us in Exodus chapter 20. Let us recite it from the Catechism. You shall not commit adultery. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we lead a chaste and decent life in word and deed, and that husband and wife each love and honor the other. Please be seated. God created mankind, male and female, it tells us in Genesis, and he created mankind with special care. God created Adam in a special way, forming him from the dust of the ground and breathing into him the breath of life. God formed Eve in a special way also, taking a rib from Adam's side and forming someone who was like Adam and yet distinct from him. God said, I will make a helper suitable for him. Various translations say, a helper comparable to him, corresponding to him as his complement, as his counterpart. It is clear that man and woman are meant for each other, to work together, to help each other, to be companions for each other, and to raise children together. It is simple biology and becomes the structure of the human family and human society. The relationship of husband and wife is the closest human relationship. Adam says that Eve is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And then the Bible goes on to say, therefore a, father sh a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. That last part sounds astonishing to us. We can't really understand this perfect and sinless relationship between male and female. And we don't know how long it lasted, but we know that when it changed, that it changed when Adam and Eve sinned. After eating of the forbidden tree, they became afraid of God and tried to cover their nakedness by sewing fig leaves together. Like all aspects of human life, marriage relationships now struggle because of our sinful world, because of our sin. No one can have completely pure thoughts, words, and deeds in this regard. The Ten Commandments God makes very strong statements. Thou shalt not commit adultery. It is strong and emphatic. You shall not commit adultery ever. It doesn't simply say don't do this, but don't you ever do this. God places a strong prohibition against unfaithfulness in marriage. It is out of bounds. It is not right. It is forbidden. And God shows this because in ancient Israel, the punishment for marital unfaithfulness was often harsh and strict, often death by stoning. And Jesus speaks very strongly also about marriage. He upholds this view of marriage of male and female, man and woman from Genesis. Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And the two shall become one flesh. And then Jesus adds these words, what God has joined together, let not man separate. 
Jesus says that marriage is to be lifelong. And when people objected to that and said, well, Moses let people get divorced, Jesus replied, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so, Jesus says. Certainly there are times when divorce is necessary, when someone is in danger, when one spouse is abandoned or abused or cheated on by the other. This is the reality of our fallen world. But divorce should not be considered an easy and simple solution when simply people grow tired of each other. Marriage should be taken seriously by all of us. Jesus also makes sure that we understand the full meaning of this commandment about adultery. He defines adultery not simply as the outward act of fornication or unfaithfulness, but as the words we say and the thoughts that we think. He says, if you lust in your heart, you have already committed adultery. We human beings have inherited sinfulness that shows up in what we do and what we say and what we think. We can't even know all the times that we have sinned with our thoughts. But God knows. And God is also ready to forgive all our sins. When Jesus came upon a crowd that was about to stone a woman who had been caught in adultery, he uttered his decisive sentence, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. No one is without sin. But Jesus has forgiveness for all sins. Because Jesus himself is without sin and perfectly honored marriage and family relationships for us in our place as our substitute, he can forgive our sins. This commandment has also a very positive side the blessing of marriage and family. As the Catechism explanation says, we should fear and love God so that we lead a chaste and decent life in word and deed, and that husband and wife each love and honor the other. It's not always easy because we want things our own way. We need to ask, what is best for my spouse? What is best for the family? How will our family remain close to God and honor God who made us? For it's God who brings husband and wife together. It is God who blesses them with children. Marriage and family are things we must work at and ask for God's help to continue. That loving relationship, that loving companionship of husband and wife, the blessings of family, that little community that can work together and help each other, those are blessings from God. In the beginning, God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And we are not alone. Married or unmarried, we have parents and we have family. Sometimes we have friends who are like family to us. We have each other in God's creation, under God's grace, with the promise of his blessing. Treasure this blessing of marriage and family because together we bear each other's burdens. We share our mutual joys and our mutual woes of human life together. And finally, we look forward to that perfect love and friendship that we shall enjoy together with the family of God in heaven. May God bless each of us, married or unmarried, in honoring marriage and family and in the family of the Holy Christian Church. Amen. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.